Hey, it's Sean. Real quick before we jump into this week's episode, please remember to follow Some Assembly Required by tapping the icon inside the player you're currently listening on. Also, if you enjoy this episode, please share it with someone that you think might enjoy it too. Right, let's take the plunge and jump in. Some Assembly Required is about matters of the heart and the head and that mushy space in between them. Now, if you're anything like me, and I think that you are, you may have healthy debates with friends about how, for example, the schooling system has developed our way of thinking, programmed us to believe that a holiday is when you slow down, groomed us even into believing that we don't deserve a physical or a mental break unless our calendar is clear, our email inbox is empty, and our to-do list is all wrapped up. Now, these debates often arrive at the conclusion that while elements of this might be true, ultimately, we have less and less capacity. So how then do we make more space? And this is where Ronan Ayers comes into the building. Thanks, Sean. I'm really excited for this conversation because I know that you've worked in so many spaces as an entrepreneur, as a youth specialist, as a public speaker, as an author. And from what I can tell, you're a general lover of life, but only once you've got a cup of coffee in your system. Yeah, so that, that's that been my go-to for years. But as life has continued, what I've learned is to actually delay gratification. So Coffee is actually the most pervasive drug in the world. And, you know, to know something about me is I generally wake up on the wrong side of the bed every day. Oh, no. I monitor my sleep. I get the right quantity and quality of sleep. And then I never wake up ready for the day. So my usual used to be literally like leopard crawling to the coffee machine in the coffee <laughs> and and getting that first cup. And then it would be a process of, of waking up. You say it used to be. What do you do now? What I've learned just around health and longevity is actually to delay that gratification. What I do is I mimic that same mechanism of something warm going down uh, my gullet, and I start with warm water and lemon just to get the system firing up in a gentle way. And then I go stand outside barefoot on the grass, and I get 10 minutes of sunlight. Mm. Uh, One of my teachers, uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, is a very big um, proponent of of that routine. This isn't the first time Andrew Huberman's name's come up in some assembly required. If you haven't yet heard him speak about viewing morning sunlight, do yourself a favor because it really does set into action a whole bunch of domino effects for your body. Here's Ronan. From dopamine release to serotonin, lifts your mood and gets a lot of processes going just by doing that and by being barefoot on the grass you're also grounding yourself and so you're going into the day with much less anxiety and stress and only then do I decide around coffee uh, unless I'm exercising if I'm exercising then it's a quick coffee on the go and then I go exercise just one more time before we move on Andrew Huberman I'll include a link to his post about using light for health in fact in episode 68 of his podcast podcast the Huberman Lab he speaks very much about viewing morning sunlight being in his top five of all actions that support mental health physical health and performance I encourage you to go and check that out right on with the episode 
the fact that you work as an entrepreneur, that you are a public speaker, that you've developed your reading materials for others to to be able to learn from as an author. Your schedule is chock-a-block. People are looking for you. People are demanding of your time. And I think that speaks to so many of us that are trying to create a life for ourselves. And it's not surprising then that we are leopard crawling to that coffee machine because in that that training, that programming, that thinking of this is how I get through my day. If I can just get that caffeine to hit my lips, then my day can start. And from what I can understand for the first time in in years, you found a way to keep adding capacity to your grid, which of course the National Electricity Supplier, ESCOM, would argue is impossible to do. What does adding capacity to your already overloaded schedule actually mean? What does that look like? So let's unpack the problem first. One of the things that I fundamentally believe, in, and you're one of them, as entrepreneurs and leaders, I, I think we have a level of psychosis. Okay, keep talking. I'm listening. But <laughs> So you know, you know that manual that psychologists and psychiatrists refer to, the DSM-4? Yes. I think they should have chronic entrepreneur syndrome <laughs> um, listed as one of them. Whether you can take medication for that is up for debate, but the very nature of how we're put together and how our minds work, we value busy as a society. So so if you and I had to, had to check in with each other and we had coffee this morning and you say, how are things going? Generally, a person would say, I'm so busy. And that's almost like a subconscious request for a little participation medal in the world, the extent to which you're busy. And so busy is this kind of currency that is kind of thrown around and, oh, you're also busy. Well, let me tell you how busy I am, you know. Yeah. This notion of busyness um, from a neurological perspective is, is not great on our system. So what you have is... We're overloading our brains. It's good to be on a mission. It's good to have purpose and it's good to be busy, but too busy. What we land up doing is we're overloading our prefrontal cortex with stress and cortisol. And really what that does is it, it shuts down our logic. It shuts down our ability to, to make sound decisions. And really in this whole quest to be busy and take you on a million things, really what we do is we sacrifice ourselves. And so after a good night's rest, which is our daily reset where our bodies and minds recover and process whatever happened the day before. And by the way, as a, a little performance hack, if you only had to work on one thing, if you wanted to really crush today, and you only wanted to work on one thing. That one thing is sleep. Mm. Ooh, while we're here, quick reminder, if you haven't listened to it yet, I did an episode a while back with a sleep neuroscientist, Dr. Els van der Helm. I would strongly encourage you to go and listen to that if you're interested in developing better sleep routines and improving the quality of sleep you're currently getting. Here's Ronan again. So a good quality night's sleep reset you and get your body and brain ready for the next day. But in order to get a good night's sleep, you have to have a whole bunch of routines to slow that busy brain down. Mm. When I speak to a lot of people and I say, you know, when you wake up and once once you look at your phone and once you open that first app to check messages, notifications, etc., you've now given yourself away. 
You now no longer own your day. Your day owns you. And so part of my routine has been to work on that almost impossible. It's almost like the claws are reaching out. As soon as you can get like at least one hour open, your hands, if not consciously, subconsciously reaching for your phone. And the biggest battle for me in the morning is taking my phone, not opening one of the apps, getting out of bed, taking my headphones, walking to another room and going to do a breathwork session. For me, if you can own your first 60 minutes, and for some people with young kids, obviously 60 minutes is a long time, and you could either say, wake up earlier, which is also often hard if you want that good night's sleep, or you could do it in parts. But if, if you speak about it in concept, if you can own that first 60 minutes and fill it up with things that are good for you, so good for your body, good for your mind, good for that space between your mind and your heart, and that's where where probably gratitude and um, all the things you need to do to go out into the world positively charged so that the world doesn't knock you off your seat and you can go out and do great things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I cannot agree with you more. I have definitely found that the days that I start sort of giving over control to my phone, to the demands of my day, if I start my day like that, everything feels fractured, um, displaced, struggle to focus. Uh, It's a really difficult thing to do for the rest of the day to maintain again any work done. It's getting done, but I don't feel as in control compared to the days where I it might not be 60 minutes, uh, but if I can not open my phone, if I can just look at the time and then put the phone down again, I feel more creative those days. I feel more in flow on those days. I feel far more myself those days. And during my time on radio, we would borrow sort of these social media concepts that we could repeat week in and week out. So things like um, Meet Free Monday, we would do every Monday or Woman Crush Wednesdays or Throwback Thursdays. And, you know, these things are relatively popular. And Tuesday was an interesting one because my team couldn't agree. The girls wanted it to be Shoes Day, as in the things that you put on your feet to protect them. And I liked the idea of Tuesday because it was something that we could, you know, kind of like a mindset, like to choose it. Um, And it never really took off. Well, the Shoes Day things did, but Tuesday didn't. You, Ronan, however, have taken that a whole step further, and you're now inviting us all to get part of this social experiment that is a Tuesday. I'd really like for you to unpack the point of it. We've already alluded to the problem. We're just so busy. If you look at us as a society, we're so busy, and our nervous systems are absolutely frazzled. And so coming out of a post-pandemic era, if you think about when you speak to people, not only do they say, am I busy? There's now the addition of, I'm super stressed, I'm anxious, I'm overwhelmed. And really, that's our collective state that we're operating in, which is neither good for our physical or our mental well-being, right? Mm. And so it came to the end of last year, and I, and I have no idea how you were feeling at the end of 2022, but I was like roadkill. Yeah, that tracks for me too. I remember sitting on holiday and it took me quite a few days just to defrag and actually come back to myself. And I kept on thinking, what needs to change? The nature of my own personality is I'm a hard charger. So I go through periods where I'm I'm doing so many things, then I retreat or hibernate. If I don't take corrective action soon enough, I burn out and frazzle and or sizzle. And so... At the end of last year, I knew some things had to change. 
And I, I looked at even the whole notion of how, as a society, we, we run our lives. Most of us um, push ourselves the, the whole week. Then it's, thank God it's Friday. Then uh, if you have kids or families where you've got things going on the weekend, the weekends are, are often so busy. And then we're back at it again. And then suddenly we're in August and we're almost semi-comatose. By October, we're just waiting for December. By November, we're actually not even conscious and we literally kind of either implode or float our way into December where we get back to feeling like ourselves. We feel creative. We get the inspiration back if, if we're taking time off, that is. And then we make, we make all these promises. Our next year is going to be different. We think of all these, all these goals and we make all these resolutions. And guess what? We have a great New Year's Eve. We turn the corner. We recover. And in January, we come back and we believe that it's all going to be different. Right? Yep. So what, so what happens by February? By February, life's already got in the way. By March, you don't even remember those resolutions. Then you're back on the same treadmill with the same one-way traffic, heading back to that December where you're going to tell yourself the same lies. I decided this December to actually take an honest look at me, at my lifestyle, at what I do. And I thought, let, let me try something. Because at the root of all of this, what I felt was I was out of control. There was not enough space for me. I was oversubscribed, and I felt that under this kind of duress and stress, that I that I felt more obligated to other people's needs than the needs of myself. I know when you take those deep breaths in <laughs> that something's resonating. So when when I go about my week, and on a Sunday night I review what's coming, and I look about. When I look at my calendar and there's absolutely no space, and that's before the bell goes off on a Monday, mm. and obviously there's going to be things, there's going to be urgencies and unknowns and all things that creep up during the week. And I look at my week and I, and as a business leader, whether as a coach or a speaker, or what, whichever facet of my life as a husband, father, you know, to show up in all those various departments or categories and I look at it and I see what's already waiting for me and nothing excites me. It's like this is filled with all the have-tos, the obligations, the shoulds. There's nothing there that's inspiring me. There's nothing there that's that is saying that I can't wait for tomorrow. Wow. I don't know about you, but so much of what Ronan has to say resonates with me. If you are interested, you can watch this interview raw and unedited on the YouTube channel. I'll include the links to the Some Assembly Required YouTube channel in the show notes, of course. And if you're also feeling that lack of motivation or inspiration that Ronan refers to, be sure to subscribe to my newsletter called Unstuck. The link to that is in the show notes too. Back to the episode. And so I looked at it and I said, you know what? Let's be honest. Mondays are the toughest days because the world suddenly switches on and, and demands the most from you. So I decided, let Monday be, just accept it, and just do as much as you can to smash it. Just don't fight it, don't resist it. Then 
the nature of our business is we we work in the office Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. In 2022, I found myself on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I used to go into the office just to have the peace of mind and quiet, but I used to sit there and stress about what everyone else is doing. You know, was it actually side hustle Tuesday or was it, you know, what, what was everyone else doing? And I, I really, I, I had a, a, what I would say is an extraordinary chronic amount of suffering suffering around worry about what others were doing, let alone the obligations that I had to do. So I decided to take Tuesday because the world somehow needs less from you on a Tuesday. It's weird. Monday is crazy day. Tuesday somehow is different. And so I decided, well, let me do the secret experiment. I'm not going to tell anyone about it. Literally, didn't even tell my wife. I said, I'm going to start this experiment with myself. The approach was, I'm going to clean slate the day. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to accept any meetings. And I'm going to start with a blank slate and say, what do I need? What will serve my highest interest? And what would be great for the business and everything else that I do? And I'm going to do that on a Tuesday. I renamed Tuesday to Tuesday and the whole aim of it was a social experiment of how could I get out of, I just want to survive the day to I'm actually looking forward to this day because this day is filled with things that are both good for me and my ecosystem. And could I get control back? Could it, And when I say control, could I get agency back? Could I feel like myself? Could I tap into um, less anxiety, stress, joy, and could I, could I switch things from urgent to important? And for me, and it's just the nature of me, I, I experience flow when I'm not constrained and when I can go at a pace that is friendly to me. Frenetic almost is, um, is a flow disruptor for me. If I can go at a pace without necessarily knowing what the next thing is, and that's when magic occurs for me. So when I can kind of wander through my day at my own pace, um, there are just so many magical, unintended consequences that happen, chance meetings, inspiration, and just cool stuff that just wouldn't happen if it was an ordinary day. I am loving the fact that you've managed to design this intentionally. And I can say what I really struggle with is giving myself permission. So quick story, at the end of 2022, I resigned from my job. I came into 2023 with no promises of employment. My mind was very much on how do I make money? But my wife said, whoa, stopi lori, take a break. You've been working nonstop for years and we're both fraying at the edges you need to use this time effectively, you know? Um, and if that means resting, then rest. So it was it was almost like a gift from my wife. We have, we have the same rule, by the way. Uh, my wife and I have this rule that only one of us can be off at any given time. But here's the kicker. Despite having been given permission by somebody else to lay the tools down... And to give myself a bit of a break, you know, when you've been going for 15, 20 odd years in a media industry and you're going from one thing to the next, it was very difficult to slow down, but she'd given me permission to stop chasing, stop doing things and to just 
just be, just enjoy the sunshine and enjoy the grass on your feet and to enjoy that cup of coffee. I found it really hard to do that. And I was given permission by somebody else to do it. How then would you say we go about developing a method to give ourselves the permission to take a day in the week where we do the things that actually bring us joy? Because that's what you're saying here. It's not necessarily saying, you know, only work X number of hours a week. You're really saying, let me fill my week with things that are going to spark up my creativity again, that allow for me to feel inspired. Giving myself permission to do that is sometimes, I want to say, the hardest part. You're absolutely right. I mean, how many times... And, and this would be a question to the listeners and the what and the viewers too. So how many times do you have maybe that someone cancels a meeting and you suddenly have an hour or an hour and a half that suddenly opened up? What do you do at that time? And that, that often will, will speak to that psychosis that I spoke about. <laughs> yeah. Instead of filling it with something that you absolutely love and will bring you joy, we either frenetically hop back into our inbox or we are desperately trying to fill up that time because god forbid we're not busy because if we're not busy we're not doing if we're not doing then we're not adding value if we're not adding value who am i you know am i falling behind the curve and you mentioned the media business and you know coming from a from a similar industry I find the root cause of being even in a service business, there's a root cause that kind of attracts a certain kind of individual. If you're in the service business, you're there to serve and to please, but often at the expense of yourself. And you find yourself with unreasonable clients that absolutely demand the world from you. And and I think the root cause there is often around a level of self-love that is unhealthy. Mm. If you're Someone, and I'll talk about me, I call myself a control freak in recovery. Okay. I'm not saying you shouldn't do a four-day work week, this is, and this is certainly not a four-day work week. This is the four plus one work week. This is saying it's still part of your week. You're still productive, but you're coming from a different angle. So ordinarily, people like us are a type A, and this is like for me, switching from type A to type B. B-E. So it's more like saying, how do I do things in a different way um, to get different results? So often when we're feeling stuck or we're feeling burnt out, what our brains need to almost revive is to change things up. You've got to change your routine. So even if you have a, a great daily routine where you run five to 10 kilometers a day, at some stage, there's diminishing returns and your brain almost predicts it. And so one of the traps of our busy lives is we get so stuck in the kitchen and things are so super stressful and overwhelming that it actually shuts off all the good stuff. So you get locked in in the lower layers of stress, anxiety. And if that, if that happens the whole year, then you run the risk of burnout. There's, there's also depression. Uh, chronic anxiety, things just get worse. Why wait for that three-week holiday where you get that where you get that mini reset and you think everything's fine, and then you go back onto the same mill and carry on the same way? It's like Einstein's famous quote. Ronan's reference here, of course, is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And so, 
the best thing to do is think of it as as a microdose of December every week. Yes. It's really like saying, you know what, look at the things that bring you joy. Look at the things that are really important to you and your business that you're just not getting the time to do and giving yourself the permission to do it in a way that makes you feel great. So you don't even have to start with a day. You can start with an hour, then two hours, then three hours. And guess what? The very nature of an experiment is you don't know the outcome. And the thing is, it worked. It worked from the first time. And then I was in disbelief and I thought maybe that's, you know, a one-hit wonder or a fluke. So I tried it again and again and it produced the most unbelievable results. It became the favorite day of my week. Not only was I crushing Mondays, it was a almost like you could reduce the noise on a Tuesday. But this was like a I really look forward to this day. I get up so early in the morning on a Tuesday because I want to maximize this. And now since releasing it into the wild on Tuesday, I even start getting messages from people. I know it's Tuesday, so you can respond to me whenever it suits you. And the most amazing thing is there's no balls that are dropped. So most control freaks were saying, but if I'm not there, it's not going to happen. Something's going to break. What happens if there's an urgency? Well, if it's an urgency, um, someone will get hold of you. You're not bunkering down for the day. You're not disappearing. You're not hopping off the grid. You're just doing things at the beat to your own drum. And you're choosing to do things that will really be good for your mind, body, and soul. And that's from someone like me. If I'm caught up in the kitchen for too long, it shuts down my ability to to bring the very things that my team rely on me for. Mm, mm. So I need to be creative. I need to come up with new ideas. I need to um, get inspired. I, I need to be the visionary. I need to do all of that. But if I'm exposed to be to being in the day to day, the mundaneness, the the pressure cooker of of the usual Monday to Fridays. Um, they they basically getting a depleted product. They're getting my C game. They're not getting the A game. When you feel energized by doing things that bring you joy and the things that you feel like you haven't got a chance to get to, but now you're getting to it, it adds so much more fulfillment, meaning, and energy to you. It it literally fills up your batteries and. And when you're resonating at, an, at that level of energy, so when you have that heart and brain coherence, just good things come your way. And so you start seeing the beauty in things. It's, it's like that feeling of you being in your house without a generator or an inverter and suddenly you switch to solar and you let go of all that PTSD of when the next load shed is coming, and now suddenly you feel yes. the world is different. It's, it's the exact same feeling in your psyche. So many things that you mentioned there now that I that I wanted to touch on. One being the fact that you're almost microdosing yourself with December, and if you think about the number of weeks that there are in the year, you've got yourself um, longer than a December holiday if you were to microdose each. Tuesday and make a Tuesday of it. Um, and, and listening to you, it really does come down to if we were to reframe what our boundaries are and what we're prepared to let in on any given day, um, we do have a little bit more, I mean, control freak. 
or agency. Agency is a nice way to frame it. Yes. You're also not saying, you know, go and lie on the beach and just read a book or go for a massage every single Tuesday. You're still being productive in your business, but it's the way that that information is being filtered through you as opposed to demanding your time. You're giving it to the things that, that give you the energy to keep on going. Was there some form of method for you to come up with how you would then approach Tuesday? If I were to look at your next week, Tuesday, is it just an empty day? And you start your day by going, what should I do today? It started off with, with the two main ingredients. So the thing around cementing something into your psyche is around consistency. The difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is, I would say, persistence and, and consistency. And so I knew as I did it a few times that this is something, I decided, well, what I have to do is the biggest challenge is to do it every week, no matter what. Obviously, I don't know what's coming next week. You know, if there's a calamity, obviously I'll deal with the calamity. Well, guess what? It's been six months and there hasn't been one that I haven't been able to deal with. And two is it's such a strong boundary and willpower exercise because every day I'm being pinged. Can we meet? Can we talk? Can we do this? And and really, this is the one day in the week I can be super discerning and so much so it's got to the stage where when I accept something or I choose something on a Tuesday and I, and I tell people about it, they are so honored. Like this this Tuesday I had a friend that came from Cape Town. We haven't seen each other in a long time. He's another entrepreneur and you know, he bought me, he bought me a book. Then we went for a run and he proceeded to, to so generously summarize the book on our run. And we had this long, deep conversation, then still had breakfast. Now, when, when do you have this in your normal waking day where you can spend such quality time? But it was literally like going to a, to somewhere between a singularity and a TED conference in that morning. And I got exercise and I got connection right. and um, clarity on some business issues. And and it was just by giving myself the permission. I mean, if you think about it, like you run a business by nature, you should have that freedom. But over time, that freedom gets somehow, it's, it's kind of put away. And over time, you can feel a prisoner in your own prison cell. Like you created the prison. Yeah. No one's waking up saying to the leader, you know, what are you doing to be happy? They assume you know what to do and you're doing it. And they're relying on you to help them. And so this is a way to actually put yourself first so that you can fill your cup, so that you can go back out into the world and serve. And, you know, they talk about servant leadership being there for others. Yeah. And what I've realized out of this Tuesday experiment is the darker side of servant leadership is you deplete yourself down to your DNA where there's nothing left. And when there's nothing left, what creeps in is self-loathing, mm. resentment. So when you've broken so many boundaries, you resent the very people that are knocking on your door for your time. You are not a nice person. You're grumpy to be around and you're kind of a self-loathing shadow of the leader that you sought out to be in January. So, you know, the usual diet is a road to depletion. 
And Tuesday for me is an antidote I love that. to freedom. I love that. You've just reminded me now there's a song by Tones and I, and the song's called Cloudy Day. And the lyrics go something along the lines of, am I living? Oh, what a funny thing to say. And then she says, but there's a life and then there's living. And am I living for today? I think the lyrics go something along those lines. And without continually replenishing, understanding that we do need to replenish your tank. We aren't alive. We're simply moving through the world, living in a sense of getting from one day. We're trying to survive and we're not thriving. We're literally mm-hmm. like semi-conscious zombies um, trying to prep ourselves up on coffee stimulants. You know, that whole continuum of just keeping ourselves um, conscious so that we can survive. The Tuesday experiment then really is a, a recipe, an opportunity to replenish your own creativity so that you're not operating in survival mode all the time. When you can transcend the day-to-dayness and the mundaneness of our worlds, of our busy lives, make space to recalibrate. It's that sense of what happens after a felt fire is all this beauty comes out of it. So if you can transcend the madness, what, what lies beyond those layers is creativity, inspiration, and connection. And when you have that, you feel whole. Your nervous system, your body, your brain and your heart are all in coherence you feel grounded you feel purposeful you feel like you you have that moral compass not only that moral compass but that purpose compass and you're sure-footed and you can go out into the world more discerning on what you should do when you should do it and with who you should do it beautiful so well said thank you ronan thank you so much for your time this has been such a cool conversation Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Some Assembly Required. Ronan lives in Johannesburg and shares his home with his wife, Kim, and their three dogs. He says his children are in and out of the house, too. Ronan says his best mistake was probably taking a corporate job. And one of the biggest life lessons he's learned is how we often try things to see what we like. But invariably, what teaches us most are the things we don't like. And unless you go through with an experience, you are simply a philosopher because you don't really know what you do want or what you don't want. So as we embrace the idea of Tuesday, that's C-H-O-O-S-E, Ronan poses this question. When did self-sacrifice become your strategy? The day you decided it would. And when will it end? The day you decide it does. Choose wisely, my friends. Thanks again for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, please hit the follow button inside the app you're currently listening on and share it with your podcast listening friends. Links to the things we mentioned in this episode, including Using Light for Health by Dr. Andrew Huberman, The Tuesday Experiment, and the Some Assembly Required YouTube channel are all in the show notes. You'll also find links to our Instagram account and the free newsletter, Unstuck, packed with inspiration and motivation to get things proven. Join the tribe. My name is Sean Lewis, and this is Some Assembly Required. See you soon.